Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So we're here with our guest, Justin Riley. And we're going to talk some finance today. But first, a word from our sponsors. Oh, wait, we don't have it. <laughs> hey, look, wishful thinking. What's up, Justin? How's it going, man? man? I'm doing well, Turk. Thanks for having me. Z, my guy. What up? How you doing, good sir? I'm acting like I'm the guest. What up? What up? Yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice <laughs> to, over there to finally drinking, get kicking back like, oh, shit, am I supposed to talk now? My bad. But yeah, man, thank you for coming on the show. I really man, appreciate it. Man, thank you for it. having me. Give the people a little background on Justin Riley. Background on me. I... Yeah. Man, there's where do I start? I was a former collegiate athlete. I've been married for 10 years. My wife and I work in business together. We host a podcast called Married Millennials, which originally started as a blog called Love Jays. And now my wife and I are considered the Love Jays. Our podcast is Married Millennials. I have an online credit card course. I was recently laid off my job of five years. I am working now into becoming a full-time public speaker. I don't have any kids. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my life. That right you know now. of. <laughs> Facts. Don't have any kids that you know of. Correct. So and, hope, and I, hope and the wife cold. isn't Why? listening. Oh, she's definitely going to listen. It's like, what the hell do you mean by that? And I definitely don't have any. That you know of. Anyway. <laughs> so so two things I want to touch on real quick. Okay. Uh, a, little, a little amendment. Married for 10 years? Not married for 10 years. We have been together for 10 years. It'll, it'll, yeah, it's been 10 years uh, since we've been together, but we've only been married for about two and a half Oh, wow. Very yeah. new. So for the length of the marriage, you've been doing a podcast. Almost? Almost. Uh, about six months. Six months after our marriage, we've been doing the podcast. But we started our business together back in 2012. So we've been working together on Love Jays and the relationship blog and, and, and our, in our current element since 2012. So tell me about Love Jays for those that don't really listen. Yeah. What, so, so Love Jays originally launched as a blog where people would submit questions and Joy and I would respond from the male and female perspective. Oftentimes when you would get relationship advice, if you had a question about your relationships, who are you going to talk to? You're going to talk to your guys and women would oft, often talk to other women, sure. but sometimes we didn't get that alternative perspective on how women think or how men think about said topic. So we had this idea. Actually, it wasn't our idea. A friend of Joy's was like, hey, you know, she came to the house and asked for some relationship advice and we gave her both of our opinions. And she guys, she said, you guys need to turn this into something. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe. And people had always come to us for relationship advice. You know, since we were young, I guess that's what happens when you're together since you're kids. <laughs> when I kids, I mean 19 and 18. Kids. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, still definitely kids. So we launched Love Jays in 2012 and people would submit questions and the traction just picked up and rolled and ended up leading to an online radio show based in LA. And we also had a little spot on Tracy Edmonds' YouTube network, All Right TV. So it, it, it kind of moved quickly. And then we pulled back when we got engaged, uh, just before we got engaged, because I had lost my job. Actually, I didn't lose my job that time. I had left my, my full-time gig and tried to go work at a startup that ended up not working. <laughs> so I was in transition. And just with the stress of you know, only Joy at the time was making barely enough money. I didn't have any you know, money coming in. The stress of trying to maintain the blog and the radio show just became too much. So we pulled back for a little bit. And then once we got married, we said, okay, we really need to go ahead and do this. And that's what birthed Married Millennials podcast. 
Wow, that's an interesting story. So it's not the first time that you've hit a financial rut in your life. Obviously, no. you mentioned earlier you got laid off from a job that you've been employed, uh, gainfully employed for five years? Yes, five years. And that was a happy new year to me. Happy 2018. So January 2nd. January 2nd, I was laid off. And this, like I said, I was with this company for almost five years and the individuals who owned the company were former teammates of mine. So we, the relationships go back almost 10 years and we were, you know, off for the the holiday break. And I came back in the first day in the office, you know, they said, Hey, you know, pop, pop my head in the office and said, Hey Jay, you have a second to meet. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Go in the office. And then they just dropped the bomb on me. Uh, So it was, you know, it was one of those like, okay. You know, I knew that, that there were changes going to come in the company, uh, but I just would, I, I thought I didn't think I was going to be that person, and if I was going to be that person, I thought I would get a little more heads up than 30 seconds from my walk to my the walk from my office to their office, which is not even 30 seconds, maybe five. So, but you know, it is what it is. Well, yes and no. So, five years, you're out, and the company's still up and running. Correct. So that's <laughs> that's pretty. Ex- I wouldn't even call that like extreme. There there has to be a better word than that, but I can't think of of anything that could compare to that they you know they they made a decision and i'm not a a, i'm not i am a business owner but i'm not an owner of that business and they had to to answer to what they thought was the best thing for them and their company and their family and for that i respect Uh, i just would have liked to i wish it was handled a little bit differently Um, but at the end of the day they they made a decision that they felt was best and i've made peace with that decision, you know, I allowed myself to be in my feelings, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for the for the first day or two, and because again, that's a, a relationship that goes beyond just a professional standpoint. You know, we were at each other's weddings. You know, there's a, you know, there was a camaraderie that was built, and, and you just don't expect to get that kind of treatment. Uh, but again, you know, they they have to shoulder uh, the burden of, of the responsibilities of that company, and I don't. Uh, so that's not it's not fair for me to come up here and say like, oh, well, you could have done things differently. You know? They they did there, uh, they did it, and for that, it is what it is. I'm now can focus on what I want to do, which has been amazing, and they're going to focus on what they need to do uh, to be successful. And as I told both of them, I wish you continued success. And I don't I don't wish failure upon anyone in the sense. Well, yes, failure breeds success, um, but I don't wish someone to go exactly. I don't I don't wish the negativity because there's a lot of stress that's associated with that and. It's it's not something that I, I wish upon anyone. So again, I, I definitely wish them well. And now I'm walking in my purpose and doing what I want to do. So it ended up turning out to be a blessing. Now you said you had you gave yourself uh, time to be in your feelings, but I feel like you hit the ground running. Like I, I did hit the ground running, and and the reason why is so the first day I got laid off on a Tuesday, and that following day I gave myself one day of of a pity party. I went to the beach, <laughs> and I literally went to the beach at eleven o'clock in the morning. You know, my favorite beach in Malibu, and I just sat and looked at the waves, like wow. Like that, that just really happened. <laughs> and, and so I, I allowed myself to, to be in my feelings. But before that, I was, I was ready to make a change. I was, I had outgrown what we were doing in the sense that I didn't feel like I was in love with the work I was doing anymore. Sure. Where in the, in the beginning, when we got there, we were just really building. And, and there was just, there was something beautiful about the, the building process. Obviously the company is still building now, but it just didn't feel the same. And the traction with the podcast and the business that Joe and I had was picking up. And I was like, I'm just ready to, to walk in my purpose and, and live in my truth. And so the, the, the final two weeks of the year, I had really worked myself into a position of saying, you know what, Justin, like it's time for you to start living for you. And 
I recorded a podcast on Monday and I just said, my theme of the year is going to be purpose. I'm ready to walk in my purpose, live in my purpose, walk in my truth and just do what I love. And while I was recording this, I heard myself speaking with so much fervor. I was like, maybe I need to mention my job just in case someone listens and says like, man, Justin does not want to be here anymore. And that wasn't the, what I was saying. I was just ready to do more of what I was called here to do. And I, so I made a little caveat about my job. I was like, you know, I love my job. I get the opportunity to work with kids and work in basketball. It's very fun. But again, that, that passion was really strong. And then less than 24 hours later, I got the news that I was, I was laid off. So when you, when you manifest something so strongly inside of you and then you're immediately tested, you have no choice besides to hit the ground running. Again, I gave myself one day because it is important to feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I, I allowed myself to really process the feelings. Obviously, that afternoon after I got laid off, I was in a little bit of a, of a rut. And then that next day and then the following Thursday, I said, you can feel sorry for yourself or you can do something about it. So I decided to do something about it. So really, when you mentioned the fact that you have to live in your purpose now, you're kind of forced. You have no other choice. Correct. I mean, not that you really don't have another choice, but to stay true to yourself and to stay true to the mantra that you set out there, as well as all the positivity that you've kind of put forth. And I'm just to kind of go back a little bit, I'm a very firm believer in the fact that when you put that out there, it's going to happen. 100%. But I'm also starting to question whether or not they might have heard your podcast and said, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> something something has to get done like we <laughs> well, no, I, I i don't know and i, I think for I'm, i was they were all aware that i had another business outside of of that full-time job and i i don't think there's anything wrong with having multiple streams of of income but maybe they got to the point where saying well maybe justin's commitment is not the same as everyone else and if mm-hmm. this is what he's trying to do maybe we pull the plug now before yeah. he pulls the plug on us so now we're in control of the situation instead of him Again, I don't know. It wasn't an overnight decision. I recorded that podcast yeah. on Monday and yeah. it released at, at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. And at 1 p.m. that afternoon, I was laid off. So, oh, I don't, I don't, so if, if we're <laughs> playing the, the timeline game, they could have listened to it on the way in or at work, if, yeah. depending on how, you know, their work ethic. They could have listened to it and decided after lunch, you know what? Fuck this dude. He's out. <laughs> that, that could have happened. But I, I know it was, knowing how they work, I know it was not an overnight decision. Could that have been the nail in the coffin? Possibly. That is up for debate. Yeah. I do not. No. Yeah, yeah. My, my spidey sense was tingling when you said that. I was like, oh, there's something wrong. With yeah. So one thing I want to highlight that he didn't is that, you know, most people would scramble at the point of like, okay, I lost my job. I need to find another sense of another source of income. And how many we saw each other like a day or two or maybe a week later after it happened, mm-hmm. and you had already had three job offers on the table Correct. and decided not to pursue any of them. Correct. And fully pursue uh your own well, yeah, what what I wanted to do and the, the there's Again, as I said earlier, there's two ways that you can look at things that happen in life. You can look at them negatively or you can look at them positively. And Will Smith did a a great post on IG talking about fault and responsibility and the difference between the two. And just because something is not your fault, you are still responsible for how you react to it. Mm. Me getting laid off, depending if they heard the podcast, could have been my fault. But in in actuality, I didn't have control of that decision. They made that decision for me, which resulted in a loss of a a steady income. However, it is my responsibility to make a change and go after what I want to do. I can sit and point the finger at them for laying me off. I can be frustrated at myself or I can say, you know what? All right, it happened. It's not going to change. It's like we can rewind and say, hey, you rehired me again. The decision is done. Yeah, you feel the emotions, but it is my responsibility now to make a change. And that 
for me was it was time for me to walk in my purpose and do what I'm called here to do, which is to be a public speaker. And that is the decision I, I chose to make. And I went out there and have an LLC formed, got all the business stuff, much thanks to Z sitting right here for helping me along that process. But I just, I made a decision. And I was not going to allow myself to feel sorry because of the decision that was made without my, say, permission. One thing that comes to mind when you kind of get, broke down the timeline, uh, working for five years with, you know, friends, not just anybody. Correct. Why did you wait so long if you fell out of love with what you're doing? Didn't you feel like that might have been a little ingenuine to them and, and not doing them any favors right there? Yeah, you're you're very true in that statement. And to answer why it took me so long was fear. I think mm. fear is a is a strong motivator and suppressor. And, and suppressor and keeps people in their position for a while. And I knew I wanted something more, but I didn't know how to do it. And I was getting a a, a steady source of income. And when you're mm-hmm. when you've created life based on your salary, you get comfortable with that life. And you're like, okay, I, I want to do more, but here is you know this perfect little box that I'm I'm fitting in, and it's not so bad. So I'm going to keep going. And the reality is, I was still doing my job well. So I was not. It's not like I would. I had pulled back and said, "Well, I'm I'm boycotting my job and I'm not doing my work." I was still doing my work and doing it at a very high level. But I was too afraid to make that actual decision because fear was was binding me. Mm. And at the end of the year, when I said, "No, it's time," I mean the the. The, the Lord just said, okay, Justin, well, you, you've declared it and manifested that it's time, so here's your test. And because it came so quickly, I think all the fear that I had in my head just completely died. Mm. You mentioned that you had a perfect box, like a, a very comfortable lifestyle. I mean, it must be incredibly difficult for you to now have to take a step back, reevaluate, and transform your mindset to adapt to a new reality. Correct. The, the reality that you're currently living in, and that that's based on you wanting to live your purpose. Okay, so I have two questions. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll attack the first. Oh, one. you have two questions. Yeah. <laughs> now it, it's 2018, and I'm going to take the two question approach. <laughs> it's mine now. Okay. One, living your purpose is in for all intents and purposes, and I'm going to challenge this. Okay. And and I'm not against it because I'm a firm believer in in everything that you've said, um, and I've been executing to that same effect in 2018. Isn't living your purpose selfish? Isn't it a selfish approach? Okay. And the second question is, how is your wife now supporting you in this move, and what are you doing differently now with your marriage and your relationship that that you weren't doing before? Okay, so we'll tackle the first one. So to answer the first question, living in your purpose is the most selfless thing that you can do in life because the meaning of life is to serve. And I took me a long time to understand that. And if you look at a lot of the great leaders have all said, you know, the, those who serve, you know, that is what our calling. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, serve, serve, but you have to be destitute and poor to live that life. And as I've transitioned from my job to now having my own, it really clicked and they're saying, no, the, the purpose of life is to serve. We are all here to help those around us. Right. So living in my purpose, walking in my truth is the most selfless thing I can do because it will allow me to benefit as many people as possible that I can influence. 
what would have been selfish would be living and staying in a job that wasn't fulfilling me. And I'm staying in there solely because it is providing me financial income and support so I can have this lavish, selfish life that only benefits me. So I do not think at all living in your purposes is, is selfish because our, again, our, our mission in life is to help and serve other people. If what we're doing with our life is solely to help us from a financial standpoint, then we have it all wrong. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people mm-hmm. in our society are doing. I mean, look at, look at our economy. We're in, we're in a, capitalistic, a capitalistic society. And everyone is all about how can I put more money in my pocket, more money in my pocket, more money in my pocket, more money in our pocket. And that's all that we focus our attention on. And because of that, everyone is just so driven to, I have to get more money. I have to get more money. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I have a, a firm stance, and I've, I've always you know, have the conversation when taxes and the wealthy come up and say, oh, the wealthy should pay more taxes. Absolutely no, they should not. They've earned their living. We, my whole thing is everyone should pay the same tax rate. Whatever that is, we pay it and we go on and live our life. Mm-hmm. And just because you make more and you've earned, you should not be penalized for that. So there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. But if your only driving force in life is money, then we're, then, then we're looking at the world incorrectly. So for me, I am excited to walk in my purpose and live my truth and inspire a lot of people. But I also want to be very successful with that approach too. So I want to be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, monetarily successful. And I don't see an issue with that. So it is not a, a, a selfish act at all. Again, it is the, the most selfless thing that you can do. In regards to my wife, she is an amazing human being. And I have said this for so long. And Z, you have a great relationship with my wife. You know her very well. Joy is is special. And she has loved me from the very beginning, from 10 years ago all the way to now. She's constantly been my biggest supporter, my biggest teammate. And she was ready for me to leave. She was ready for me to leave that job years ago. She was probably wondering why you didn't. Exactly. Right. And it's like, what are you doing? But again, fear and the comfort of this life that we had established and she was just waiting for me to get there. So when I was starting to have that conversation and recorded that podcast, she looked at me and said, you're ready. And so when I called her and said, I just got laid off, she said, great. Now it's time for you to do what you're supposed to do. So when you have someone like that in your corner, you don't, you fear, if you don't get rid of the fear, looking at her gets rid of all that fear. And that's what's been the, the most amazing part. So what we've done is we've just had to adjust and you realize that, this life that you've created is filled with a lot of stuff and stuff being a lot of unnecessary stuff. So I looked at our, our budget tracker. I, I have a full detailed budget tracker that I have available on our website. And I just looked at it and said, what is a necessity that is on this list? And I was able to trim out $2,500 from Jesus. that budget tracker. Twenty five, twenty five hundred monthly. Wow. I was able to carve out $2,500 monthly. That's probably my Amazon bill. <laughs> like, 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 no bullshit. <laughs> that's wild. You just look around the garage. This shit. You can see it. But it's stuff. We, we just fill our lives up with stuff because we are devoid of another area in our life. So mm-hmm. we use stuff and physical commodities to fill those voids, whether that's emotional, a spiritual, mental. We use stuff, physical beings, to fill those voids. So the fact that I could carve out $2,500 out of our budget and still go out and pay our rent, have our groceries, and enjoy life. That's insane. I'm like, Justin, really, what are we doing? What are, what are, what are you doing? And for that, it's just, it, it's just giving me a whole renewed mindset and understanding is 
yeah, having things is nice. Being able to to buy what you want is very freeing and fun, and being able to travel whenever you want. I mean, Z was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in DC on oh, this date." Don't, don't <laughs> yeah. get me started on him and his fucking travel <laughs> exactly. plans. This man. episode is about <laughs> Justin. This is about <laughs> Justin. You know, he, he texts me and says, "Hey, I'm gonna be in DC at this time. Let me know if you want to go." And I'm like, "You know, I'm not in any this position mother, yeah. to buy a, a plane ticket." <laughs> so there's benefits that come with having that money, but it's like, is it a necessity? Oh wait, hold on, rewind. And he's not married. Exactly. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> They're very true. And then the kids, and then it's, yeah. It's just downhill. But, but here's the thing. You're right to an extent about stuff unlocking or, or filling a void. The way I view it, too, and, and this is the problem. When you don't know what you want, you're trying to you're trying to accumulate as much as you can to try and get an idea. And I do this. I'm a very, I'm a, I'm kind of like the embodiment of this mindset. Okay. You kind of buy everything that you possibly can to try and figure out what it is that makes you complete, mm. right? Because you can't really figure it out until you you've unlocked that but you're right financial freedom does afford you the ability to go out there and to tap into that avenue is it necessary um probably not does it lead to a lot of unforeseen fulfillment probably some way or or other right but then you just start accumulating too much to where you start diluting that feeling to where it's not genuine anymore, to where it's more manufactured. Mm-hmm. And then and then you really get lost in, well, what is my purpose? Well, what made me feel good from the get-go? You know, you forget the base emotions, the base, uh, I guess, the, the people you surround yourself, the foundation that you built, it, it all goes away because you built on top of that without really getting to the core of what makes you, you. For sure. You know, and that's my, I, I think, coming, transitioning from 2017 to 2018, that was my problem. Okay. And leading into 2018, and and Randy and I haven't even had this discussion yet, leading into 2018, there was a lot of thought and a lot of, I mean, I'm going to do this and and thumb through. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of my journal, there's a lot of just blocks where I've had text just written out in paragraphs. You're not going to see it yet. (laughs) Oh, there it is. There it is. And then there's more, right? And, and, you know, I'm not going to go through it all, but it, there's a lot in here that led ever, ever since the trip my wife and I took to China uh, for my friend's wedding. I think that helped me unlock a lot of different perspectives, just seeing how the world worked um, in a completely different way. And it was still OK and people still lived and people still had a good time and, and were able to fulfill what they needed to fulfill. Yeah, and that's so. Here's what I think is interesting about what you said about uh, all the stuff you're able to cut out of your life, and then the idea of like taxes and you earn what you earn, you shouldn't be taxed. After a certain point, you're just living a life of excess, and it's like, do you really need it? Correct. Where that money could go to help other programs for people that need help for in sure. lower income com- communities, right? So that's the idea of like, okay, so you 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 understand that we are using money to fill voids that are unnecessary when we're just not searching within, and I understand that we can't put these. Uh, progressive thoughts on everybody, but correct to to say like, oh, you know, everybody should be taxed at the same rate. It's just like, really, does Bill Gates really deserve to to just only pay fifteen percent of the billions when it could go and help? I mean, granted, he has millennial uh, scholars and he has all these different things in play. Yeah, I, I truly do. Yes, I, I can confidently say that. And Bill Gates is is one of the most charitable individuals. I know in he was probably a really world. bad example because he I is know, very charitable. But there, there are other people who have millions of dollars. I don't think that just because you accumulate a lot of wealth, you should be penalized for that 
for your success. I do not but believe is it. But is it penalizing, right? Because then it goes into like, well, how... Then we have to get into the... Yeah. Uh, to, to, government. yeah, yeah to me, Where yeah, does to, that money go? Exactly. To, to me, it is penalizing. And, and to say that because... I am wealthy. I have a social responsibility to pay more to help other people when they're not necessarily in control of where that money goes. So if they choose within their heart that they want to donate more, that is completely up to them. But to penalize these individuals who are making a million, five million dollars compared to someone who's making fifty thousand dollars, it, it's it's not fair. I, I I do not believe in it, mm-hmm. and like I said, it is their. It's on their heart. Once they decide what all the profits that are left, for them to decide what they want to do. If they know they're living in excess and they don't need this extra money, but they're just going to keep it just because, then that's their character. Right. But that We're should not like be the Kaepernick. job. Exactly. That should not be the job of the federal government to decide. Oh well, because you're you know rich, we're going to take the most of you, and then the government decides how that money gets allocated. And I'd rather have, the people decide. Yeah, representatives that aren't doing shit, making one hundred twenty thousand. Exactly. So that that is 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 how I feel, and and mm-hmm. I want to go back to Turg's point, a comment that you just made. You know, you said you buy a lot of things to kind of decide what makes you complete. You, you know, you use you know these items or stuff to to kind of figure out all right, who am I and what makes me complete. And I want to challenge that thought a little bit because I don't necessarily feel that you have to buy stuff to decide what makes you complete. Is it, is it you know you writing down in your journal and, and letting your your stream of consciousness just really go? Is it taking a step back and just say, "Hey, baby, I just I need I need two days. I'm gonna just go out here and and I, I just want to go sit up at, at the beach or I'm gonna go up to the mountains and I just want to be in my thoughts and really get introspective and decide this is really what I want to do. I don't think that the only way you can decide what makes you complete is by filling it with stuff. I would say actually removing everything mm-hmm. and allowing yourself more space would allow you to decide what makes you complete. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. And that's a, one of the foundations of Buddhism. And, uh, you know, while I'm not an actively practicing Buddhist, I like the Buddhist faith in everything that it embodies in the sense that it keeps things simple. It gets right to the point. It doesn't, you don't need to pay your way to, to, to play essentially. Yeah. And, um, I appreciate that and I appreciate the warm and welcoming aspect of it as well. Uh, on that note, my mindset in 2018 has completely shifted. Uh, ignore the new bike in the corner, but <laughs> well, we all like what we like. A, yeah, well, I have to get back into that just because of personal health. But um, it's okay. You're donating that one to a charitable cause, <laughs> right? <laughs> As he points to himself, <laughs> um, it it is one of those things where I made a commitment to myself in 2018 to make that change because I realized what I was doing was completely irresponsible, not only to myself, but to my garage and to my family. <laughs> Why did the garage come above <laughs> I did have that same thought, but I was going to let it go. <laughs> it's, it's because we're currently in the setting, yeah. so it's more oh, okay. crazy. It was yeah, the, yeah, sure. Was Bail him out. Go ahead. You. I got you, Turk. He knows. He knows. Come on. When I really took a hard look at myself and... I was completely honest with where I was in my life. I wasn't happy. And it wasn't because of anyone or anything. It was just because of myself. And you know that being honest with yourself is something – I should take that back. Being honest with myself is something that I haven't always been really good at. And in this world, it's really easy to lie to yourself, to look at yourself in the mirror every day and tell yourself something that is a complete fallacy. That's because we're built that way. Mm -hmm. We're developed that way. Well, we have been over the past decade or – more or arguably century. That's just the way our society has has evolved. And the fact that that exists is nonsense. 
it's up to us to really take hold of that active mindset and really challenge ourselves every day to be honest with who we are, what we believe in, and what makes us unique, what makes us purposeful, right? Absolutely. And a lot of it's surprising because I talk to a lot of people um, casually, and and you know I regard myself as a good listener, but I also like to give good feedback. So a part of giving good feedback is listening to someone's problem, and a lot of people are taken aback by how fast change can actually manifest itself when you actually put pedal to the metal. Couldn't right? agree more. I mean, you took a day. One day. To yourself to met, to completely change your mindset. And you know what? People out there could be saying, you know, bullshit. You're probably still caught up in your, you know, I just got laid off. Fuck, you know, it's been two months. I can't do anything with my life. Like, I, I just have no energy. No. You know what? You might not know exactly what your next step is, but you know who you are, what you're going to do, and how it's going to manifest itself. You just need to invest that time and that energy. That's it. And that's the easiest part. That's you're a hundred percent right. There, that is exactly you know what it is. It's making that decision to just do. Yeah. And so that's where Nike got it right. Just do it. And yep. sometimes the hardest things in life are the easiest decisions to make. But it's tough. It really is. It it's nothing that everyone can just do. You need to be at that point in your life where something kind of pushes you over the edge and it will eventually manifest itself. I've had so many conversations over the past couple of months since I've had this change of heart, this complete like 180 in the way I think. And I don't know how it happened. I really don't know what was the last catalyzing factor in this in this just shift, this complete shift. But it's astonishing how many people that I've talked to that I've actually impacted just by talking to them truthfully and honestly about myself, you know, and and for me, that's surreal. Yeah. And I've changed a lot of people's lives in the, in the meantime, not to take any credit for it because they're really the ones doing all the work, but I've, I've helped. changed a lot of people's <laughs> lives. I've helped Jesus. put that into motion. By living your truth. Right. And that's, that's not a selfish act. As you said, I'm not trying to take credit of this, but I am, I'm peeling back the layers of my life yeah. and realizing, okay, this is what I've learned through my mistakes. And now let me share this knowledge with you. And now you are influencing, helping other people. It's not a selfish act at all. No. That's incredibly selfless. And if we can all get to that point and realize that we can all ha we all have the potential to help other people just by being honest and living in our truth and deciding, hey, this is what worked for us or for me, this is what didn't work for me. How can I help you learn? And that's where growth comes. So, Terry, I'm not going to harp on you with the whole I've changed a lot of lives, but I am curious <laughs> to know that change and, and the mindset change, did it come from Okay, let me let me preface it in, in more so of how I view myself and my interactions. I will sit up at night some days if I'm if I catch myself kind of just going through life on autopilot and then questioning every interaction I had and whether it was genuine, whether the interaction I had with that person left them feeling better than when they came into my presence. And I don't know if that's something that kind of you picked up on or you're able to notice and why you've made changes, but I was just kind of curious if that's something you experienced. I yeah, I do that on the fly. And and that mentality dawned on me a few years ago. And being more perceptive came when I was talking to a mentor of mine. And it, it all boils down to how people perceive you, right? So it's all about the body language and, and kind of receiving and giving at the same time. And that's a hard thing to accomplish when you're in engaged in conversation. But learning to read people was 
the one thing that really clued me into, am I adding value to this conversation at the present? I don't need to, I used to, but I don't need to go back and relive the conversation anymore because I'm doing it on the fly. I can read your eyes right now and see if you're engaged. I can read your body language, see if you're falling off. If you're, if you are, I pivot, kind of get your focus back in, uh, get you re-engaged and then maybe take a different approach because what I was saying clearly wasn't registering with you. So I have to make it relatable. I have to make it personal and working with so many people with so many different backgrounds in with Starbucks, it, it gives me that unique opportunity because I could talk to, you know, a hundred people over the course of a month and have a little impact with every one of them. But I don't have the opportunity to always go back and, and engage them in conversation because I might not see them for a couple more days. And by that time, the effect has worn off. So it's very important to be in the present mm -hmm. and it's very important to be able to engage. So for me, it's kind of like a, a, a dual answer, yes and no. You have to evolve that mindset to be a lot more active because it's how you make that change a lot, how you make that change happen a lot quicker. I, I don't know if you take that approach or, or how you really evaluate conversations and, and really reflect on things that happen to you, uh, Justin, but, uh, as, as you said, being present, and that's the most important piece of the whole conversation is I try to be as present and pos as possible. And for my birthday, I got 13 of us together and I wanted to create a safe space where we can just be emotional and talk about our present realities, our wins, our losses, our struggles. And in that moment, we had a lot accomplished just because we created a place where everyone had to be visibly present. And we didn't, and yes, they're still rehatching parts of that conversation because there was a follow-up that, that led to it. So we still have to go back and get the benefits of both. But the, the truth and the power came from the ability to just be present. Mm -hmm. And once I'm out of the, the present, I don't really think about it as much. If I get to see you again, if I have a relationship with you, I will think about it. I'll say, maybe I missed the point on that. Let me, next time I interact with it, let me find a way to circle back. But as you said, if I don't get a chance to have another interaction with them, I have to be okay with the, the type of interaction I had. Yeah. And to the biggest way to be successful in that is focusing on your present. And then again, living your truth yeah. and sharing that knowledge and your vulnerability and saying, okay, hey, this is me. This is all of me. How can I now help you? Yeah, I think what you said there is uh, where where I'm at with the idea of, yeah, I can't always go back or I don't necessarily dwell on things, but it's more so like self-correcting for the future. Because my thing is if I'm not talking, I'm in my head mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about something else more likely than not, even if I'm in conversation with Turg especially, right? <laughs> but remember what I said, that being a good... Um, no, I know. I'm just being facetious. I know you are, but it, it's very important to hit on that though, to be... Engage in a conversation, you need to be able to listen and re-deliver exactly what was given to you. I think that's the issue for me is, is how I interpret things might be different than what they're trying to convey. And that would be the disconnect sometimes I have with people because I'll see, I'll hear it as some, a different issue than what they're actually facing. And whether they ask my feedback or not, I'm just like either I can't relate, I can't help you, or then they rephrase it. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's simple. I can help you with that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just m me and my interpretation sometimes it just... It's a hit or miss. And that's fair. That's okay. We all have our own opinions and our oh, opinions yeah. are shaped on our own experiences. So you can't beat yourself up for having that. There's times where I'm trying to articulate something and I don't quite get it right. And the response, the responses that I get back, I'm like, nah, that's not beneficial. But then I got to go back and saying, well, did I really get to say 
what I wanted to say. And if I didn't, well, there's no fault to anyone in the room. I couldn't find my right. words to to get the feedback that was necessary to improve and my no life. No doubt that happens. And you For know, sure. that's that's kind of where you were at with self-correction. And yeah, um, when I engage people and, and try and seek out a little bit of advice, same thing. Sometimes when I try to make sense of it in my head, it makes perfect sense. When I try to vocalize it and put it out there, it becomes a complete <laughs> like waste of words and, and, and energy. And it's just because when you're in your head and I know where exactly where you're at, Randy, when you're in your <laughs> head, you're, you're trying to manifest all the different actuality or, or, or eventualities of what you're saying and maybe what happened or what could have happened rather than focusing on what had actually happened. Right. And how, in the direction that it took. I mean, it's it's a mix of that and then a mix of just there's something that's just bigger on my mind that's keeping me away from being in the present. Maybe that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to take 2018 to live your purpose. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Meditate. I, I I have not started meditating yet. So I'm I'm it's funny. I'm working on a blog piece okay. and and to start the year, I decided I'm as I thumb through my bullet journal <laughs> now. Uh, I decided to do a tracker. And as you can see, I actually meditated one time in 31 days. That's that's pretty that, good. That's more than I have. That's my goal was every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. You set off with a really aggressive goal. It's unrealistic. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> but the, the thing is, look how many blank spaces there are. And and the piece that I'm writing is like, you know, it's, it's what we talked about uh, sometime last year. The blank space in your life. No, nothing is going according to plan. Oh. Right. Something took me out of from being able to do it, it, all of these goals that I had. Nothing is going according to plan. And it's okay because I pivoted and I chose to go that way. What? what? No, I, I go back to what Turk said is you're giving yourself really ambitious goals. Things aren't necessarily not going to plan. You may have given yourself 20 unrealistic goals. To someone who's never meditated before and you said your goal is to meditate 31 days in January, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. What if we start... I would like to meditate once a week. And then if in January, there was five weeks in January, I meditated five times. Great. Can I get up to two weeks the next month? Okay, great. You know, so n- it's not that your plan got disrupted. Maybe give yourself some slack and realize that you're asking yourself to fly and you don't know how. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> because the things, the things I'm asking of myself, I feel like I should just be allocating time. And the thing is, what this does is it makes me realize how much time I do waste. You know, and that's that's the issue, and that's what I'm getting at is is as packed as I keep my schedule, I still have a lot of time that I just waste. Now, some of it, yes, I do need to just decompress and just veg out. We need veg out, not do anything, which happens about every 15 days. (laughs) But for the most part, there's just I just been going through a lot the last last two months, or actually last 30 days have been been pretty brutal. Where it's just like I just had to fall back from everything, and it just threw all the goals out of. And that's and that's okay, but just re- release the guilt that's associated with that. Yeah. Don't feel, don't blame yourself. Oh, I'm supposed to have these goals and I didn't get a chance yeah. because life happened. Life yeah. happens and, and it gets, gets disrupted. And it gets counterproductive too. And it discourages you from trying it because, hey, if I'm not going to do it to the fullest, then I'm not going to try it and then you're going to dismiss it. What I'm going to challenge you is, not a lot of people know this about Randy, but where he works, he has his own corner office and it's a big <laughs> it office. It is massive. All he needs <laughs> is a meditation pillow and five minutes to close the door, which I know he spends more than five minutes in the bathroom so he can afford this to meditate. Now he's making excuses for himself. 
and but, we all do it. But we exactly we. Am I making? I'm calling myself this. out, saying I have waste. I'm wasting time. Is that that's not making excuses? Yeah, but release it? the guilt that's associated with that, and yeah. give and just like, all right, well, I only got one day. Well, let me get two days in February, and then can I get four days in March, and can I get eight days in April, can I get sixteen days in May? Yeah, I didn't even make a tracker for February. I just said fuck you. See, see, see? yeah, that's no, what happened. This is the thing I was going to say. No, 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 because I'm working on this pizza. I am still going to put this blog post out because I think it's important. Okay, because the the point of this was Drucker. Drucker said from the the school of management, I think what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed. Yep. And that's the key thing I'm trying to figure out is efficiency, right? I feel like efficiency is important for me to reach my goal of this year of autonomy. And if I can ef- effectively change my efficiency, I will reach my autonomous goal of keeping things going and moving and being more I'm in. I'm in full favor of that. But I don't want you to beat yourself up when it doesn't happen the way it goes. Uh, because I mean, it's not going to go the way no, you want of course it to go. Not. But you have to release that guilt and the, as Turk said, the counterproductivity that comes with it when it doesn't go according to plan. I have to, I have to pause you right there before you finish that sentence, and I hate, I hate to interrupt. Every podcast episode always becomes a help, Randy. No, 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 no. <laughs> can we, can we, can we preface this as at least, at least just, just the interviews, just the interviews turn into that. Not every no, episode. No, Not every episode. I challenge our listeners go back and listen and prove oh, that's me a wrong. Good, that's a good and call. Tweet out. That's a good at Turg says no on Twitter, Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Track down my email. It's Turg at talk theory to me dot com. <laughs> Find me and tell me that I am wrong because I guarantee I am not. So we have helped Randy today. I think we've, we've done our community service for the week. And if you want more help from Justin, you can find him at Married Millennials. <laughs> you guys are too much. One quick shout out. At Spotted Gecko on Twitter. This guy is an author. He wrote a writer's help book. It's like a writer's self-help book. It's called Finish the Damn Book. In it, and I've read it, in it is one of the most brilliant lines that I will, and I'm going to paraphrase and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it is one of the most brilliant, uh, I, I guess, thoughts. Don't make excuses for yourself. Just do it. The hardest thing is actually committing to something and forcing yourself to do it because that is when you are committed to something. And it's hard to really, and it's hard to really like, okay, I want to write more. I'm going to sit down and write. I'm going to challenge myself to write and stop making excuses for myself. That's everything that it takes to put that into practice and to practice what I put into practice, if that makes any sense. Because if you're not practicing it, if you're not being actively engaged in what you want to do, you're not going to do it. And you're not going to get good at it, and you're not going to figure out what it is that you think that little piece will unlock for you. So that's important to do. So I want to give him a shout out. He probably doesn't even listen to the <laughs> podcast. But I've, I've engaged with him a few times on Twitter and he's inspired me to try different things. And I hope he does listen. But in the event that, uh, you know, he doesn't, I'm going to send him this link and tell him to listen. So, <laughs> so we've covered a lot today. I mean, I want to hear from the listeners. I think we all want to hear from our listeners about you finding your purpose, finding something that's true to you finding something that has meaning that you might not have uncovered yet. What about fault and responsibility? Who's in control of your future? Are you at fault for not taking active control of your future? Are you responsible for not taking active control of your future? How about making the change now or later? What do you do? How do you move forward? What about the whole thing about millennials and forging our own path? Is that something that we're starting? 
what does the future look like for us? And how about changing the mindset? Does that happen overnight? How come it can't happen overnight? How can it happen overnight? What can we do to make that change? So let us know what you guys are up to, what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why you're doing it. We want to hear from you. So Justin, where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jriles, J-R-I-L-E-Z. And if you want to keep up with my wife and I, subscribe to our podcast, Married Millennials. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Official. And we'll definitely throw all that information in the show notes. Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And Tarek? You can find me at Turg Says No on Instagram and Twitter. And if you really want to find Sankey's. Oh, that's right. He is here today. <laughs> He's, he asked, he wanted me to ask you, how come you haven't changed it to Chi Chi Says No yet? Chi Chi Says No. Oh my God. <laughs> Never. All right. Chi Chi Say No. Chi Chi. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs> Every time we record on a Saturday, it always been like $200 on sushi. Damn. And it's just another beer. 150 That's ridiculous. Not that bad. <laughs> True story. Always. Always record. No, I have like three hours of shit. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you get the episode done? I was working on the outtakes. <laughs> what? Dude. <laughs> I like that you guys have your bullet journals. It's cute. <laughs> There's nothing cute about this. This is serious business. <laughs> I do want to get some. I just... You like it? Do you, you want to, or do you think it would be a good idea? See, there's a different mindset. We've, we've talked about this because you are an anal- not analog. You are a digital person. For you, it's convenient on your phone. It is. For me, once it's on my phone, I forget it. If it's on here, like the actual act of writing, it helps me remember. Helps remember. But you won't learn that until you actually do it. Yeah. Which we're not a, a fucking analog people anymore. We're not. We're just yeah hardwired. I am phones. You Very are, and, and sometimes you're you're just a walking fucking contradiction. Yeah. I don't ever question anything you do. I just accept it, and I'm like, you know what? He's just going to do it. That and is his truth today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let him learn what his truth will be tomorrow, and then we'll talk. You can toss it back to saying, well, well I disagree with Turb, but... Actually, stop listening to this. He's talking. <laughs> he up. does that all it's the up. fucking time. <laughs> and just I don't take it. I, no, I. You just don't. You just, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he listens. I know they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all that matters. I know that. Dude, there are times where I look over and he'll have this glassy eyed, like. You're like, I'm done talking to you. I'm back to my listening. <laughs> Yeah, we can do that. Can you give me the one from what he said? Stop and then just pick up and recording again? I never do that. That's how I keep fresh. Oh, and now you just fucked it all up and I do it again. I'm playing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never thought to hit stop while recording. I just let the shit go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that You're welcome. Some shit. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Episode 97 on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> So I was actually going to go off on a tangent of 
navigating interactions because I feel no tensions. Fine. But where were you going with that? Not any loss. You feel. I feel interactions. Interactions. I know exactly what he's doing right now. Well, that's all I need right now. (laughs) Now we have our closing.